This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, September 29th, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. President Obama's former budget director now says that the key to eliminating gridlock is to make institutions in Washington a bit less democratic. For example, tax policy, he argues, should be less responsive to the demands of taxpayers. John Samples, director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government, comments. Peter Ozog was the uh, Office of Management Budget Director for Obama, and so he's now out of office, and he's bringing back his lessons for the rest of us. And one of his lessons is that um, the uh, Congress isn't working very well, but it should. We need them to govern. We need them to deal with particularly the long-term deficit issue and so on. So he says, why is it uh, that the Congress isn't working? Well, it turns out the Congress isn't working because the country is polarized. And therefore, in his view, we have to have uh, changes in American government to make sure that uh, Congress doesn't have as much power. And in fact, what he's trying to do is cut electorates, the voters, out of the policymaking process. Now, Madison, the chief architect of the Constitution, understood that this polarization, that this kind of gridlock was a likely result of how he wrote the document, how he crafted the Constitution. Sure. I mean, the Constitution itself is designed to prevent simple majority rule. If you wanted an efficient government, you would just have one chamber and you, I mean, you, maybe you would have just uh, opted for proportional representation. Instead, we have this convoluted, complicated process that's designed to elicit broad consent from the country rather than an efficient outcome. And to give people lots of options to stymie efforts to go against their will. There are, as the political scientists say, a lot of veto points in American government. So he's complaining, actually, in many respects about the original design. All right. So his solution then is to make institutions less democratic. He says in his in his words, he says a bit less democratic. Mm-hmm. What does that mean in his terms? Well, he has a few ideas about uh, how you uh, set up different institutions. That uh, uh, he talks about automatic uh, policies. Um, one idea is that more policies like automatic stabilizers. These are policies that if you have a downturn in the economy, uh, the spending takes place, unemployment insurance, for example. So he wants more things where policy is decided automatically without the intervention of this troublesome Congress and the people that elected them. Uh, he also talks about uh, some other issues, but one of his big uh, and I think most controversial points is he wants what he says are more independent institutions. And what he means is independent of Congress and the voters. He's tr- he ali- very self-consciously is trying to work his way around Congress. Now, I looked at one of them really closely, which I thought was one of the examples he chose was pretty troubling. He talked about the possibility of tax policy being made by one of these independent institutions, which would be staffed by a board of experts, people like Peter Orzog, uh, economists who well know the budgetary issues, presumably. Um, And what struck me about it was, you know, remembering the American Revolution and the idea that Uh, It was run against the British because there was no tax, uh, under the slogan, no taxation without representation. 
And what he is proposing here, I think, is uh, taxation with somewhat less representation. And that just strikes me as uh, both against the sort of tenor of American political culture, but also a really bad idea. Now, a lot of what Congress does is through omnibus legislation, Mm -hmm. that is, large bills packed full of stuff. The incentive for the median member of Congress is, if I want the stuff for my district, I got to go along with this Mm -hmm. thing that the leadership has put together. Uh, Orzog has nice things to say about BRAC, that Mm -hmm. is, uh, an, inst- an external institution that essentially presents a package for Congress to uh, up or down vote. Mm-hmm. And I could see how a lot of uh, libertarians might look at that, point to it and say, look, that's a way to move to a smaller state to for uh, to cut in a way that uh, a process that mm-hmm. naturally would it would incline lawmakers to vote for increased spending. That's right. I mean, I think that did work. Uh, it worked once in the 1990s, and, and then we should keep in mind it too fell apart over over time. But yeah, it provided everyone could in Congress uh, didn't feel the need to intervene to protect their uh, unneeded base just as a matter of spending. Everyone made the sacrifice. Uh, and he does cite that, and I think that's a possibility, although people have frequently cited that in the last 15 years. And what you haven't seen is Congress or even outside uh, experts coming up with more examples of where that's a, this is a good idea. I think ideas about automatic policies, however, and particularly in a sensitive area that involves not just expertise and sort of for example, an uh, expertise about defense strategy, um, uh, but areas where expertise and values are at stake, like tax policy. Because when you make taxes, it's just not a technical matter. You're also choosing between, uh, for example, values like liberty and equality, that great trade-off that is really at the heart of many of our struggles. That's not something experts per se know about. And they shouldn't be making those decisions, even if, as Orzog says, the legislature still would have the ability to overrule their decision. And experts, in many cases, may well be uniquely insensitive to those kinds of trade-offs. Well, I think, from a libertarian perspective, you know, there's going to always be the concern that, uh, in fact, the experts, a lot of them, are going to have a tendency toward. Uh, uh, larger government or more redistribution, th- those kinds of, of values that will consciously or unconsciously find their way into the decision. Uh, Orzog, I mean, I think it is interesting in the historical picture. Orzog is clearly a progressive. Progressive stood for the rule and importance of experts in government, but they also came up with, remember, ideas of direct democracy, the initiative and the referendum. Here we are in this situation, we see a leading progressive really saying, you know, the direct democracy part, the democratic element, all that's really not going to work now. And what he's left with is government by expertise. Now, he's concerned about uh, gridlock being essentially the status quo and we can't get things done. Mm -hmm. But so much of what gets done, that is taxing and spending uh, out of the federal government sort of is on autopilot. That is, that is, it is Congress would have to take some sort of positive action to rein in, for example, entitlement programs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Right. The uh, He doesn't mention that, for example, one of the big issues with Social Security is this automatic COLA. It used to be, I mean, many years ago in the 70s, uh, COLA, cost of living adjustments upward, were uh, an innovation. It used to be that Congress had to actually decide on that. And, and as it turns out, a lot of people think that that's one of the reasons uh, that, in a sense, we've overspent with Social Security is because the inflation uh, uh, measure in it uh, exaggerates the inflation rate. So you're doing more than a cost-of-living adjustment. Um, so th- that suggests that, you know, even on the technical side, you're going to have all those kinds of problems. But yes, I mean, we are talking about mandatory programs. That's why they're called entitlements. They exist, and Congress has, in a way, its hands tied, at least uh, at the first level, although at the end of the day, you could uh, intervene, Congress could intervene, and reauthorize the programs and change them. But aren't the executive branch agencies that Congress at some point created mm-hmm. and delegated that authority to the executive branch, isn't that moving in the direction that Orzag is talking about? That's exactly the issue that comes in Article One, uh, Section 1 of the Constitution, the legislative vesting clause. The Congress is supposed to have the lawmaking power. They have delegated it in so many instances to these agencies, and these agencies, uh, the EPA comes to mind, about, first of all, have the ability to make law-like decisions about the real choices. And that would be my concern here uh, with uh, Mr. Orzog's proposal, is that it's going to make much worse a problem we've already got of the administrative state being the actual government of the country and that government not being responsive to voters in the end. John Samples is director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government and author of the Cato book, The Struggle to Limit Government. Get your copy at cato.org.